This is the sound of a busy trading floor in Wells Fargo's skyscraper in New York City. It's filled with stockbrokers who are researching companies, writing reports, chatting with investors and processing their trades. These are classic and highly paid jobs that have been around for more than a century. Imagine if one day those jobs went away. This is the scenario that Ken Senna, a veteran internet analyst, one of those classic brokers, is forcing himself to think about. Ken and a developer sidekick named Brian Healy have spent months building an artificially intelligent robo-analyst that performs a lot of what Ken currently does for a living. Ken calls the system ERA, which stands for Artificially Intelligent Equity Research Analyst. It's an elaborate warning to investment firms and banks that they should learn and embrace AI to catch up with internet giants like Google, even if it means automation destroys some lucrative Wall Street jobs. And it's a broader wake-up call for all of us. Artificial intelligence is here, and it's changing complex, high-paying jobs for good. We better be ready. Hi, I'm Brad Stone. I'm Julie Verhage. And I'm Alistair Barr. And this week on Decrypted, we're taking you inside Ken's quest to build an ever-evolving and always-learning software program. This program could eventually put Ken out of a job, or at least do several parts of his job a lot better than him. Stay with us. So, Ali and Julie, you guys recently went to go meet the brains behind this project. We did. It was a cool October morning. We picked up an audio recorder and headed down a few blocks to Wells Fargo's office on Park Avenue. And Ali, you've known Ken the stock analyst for a while. Yeah, all the way back to the days when I was a reporter at Reuters and the Wall Street Journal, I'd often call him for advice on tech companies and news. He's tall with wavy swoop back hair. And when we met him, he was wearing a crisp suit and tie like he was born in the outfit. Brian, on the other hand, comes from a tech background. He helped build Alexa, the digital at-home assistant whose voice you hear on Amazon's Echo Speaker. Brian has a goatee, a no-nonsense, close-cropped hairstyle. And I have to admit, he didn't look so comfortable in that suit that he was wearing. <laughs> it sounds like an odd couple. How'd they meet? It actually kind of started out by chance. Ken was organizing an AI conference in 2016 and had reached out to Brian's boss to be a speaker. He was busy, so he recommended Brian go in his place. They hit it off, and soon after the conference, they started working together on other projects. You know, I would come up on the weekends and stuff and um, talk about the technology and just sort of be a resource available for when he's talking to clients. Um, and then it just kind of kept evolving from, you know, we kept working together. While spending all this time researching how internet giants were using AI to create better products, they came upon a scary but important question. My goal was to try and get Brian to help maybe just sort of deepen my understanding so that I could help our clients to understand this. And I guess we sort of put it out there as almost a question, kind of like, well, what, what can't be automated at this point? That's when they agreed to create a software version of Ken, but better.
Error, the system Brian built, reads news stories on companies and distills that into a sentiment score from 1 to 0, with 1 being wonderful and 0 for absolutely terrible. Then she'd monitor the stock market to see if these positive or negative articles would move share prices. If she spotted a correlation, she'd remember that and use it to make predictions in the future, including buy, sell, and hold ratings. Finally, Er would churn out short written summaries explaining the predictions she was making. The project started out as an experiment not for public consumption. Could Brian use machine learning, a hot type of AI, to make a robo-analyst that was actually useful? And Brian said, well, you have to explain to me what you do. <laughs> so I said, okay, well, let's, let's see if we can, we can do this. Um, I'll take you through what I do as an equity research analyst and, you know, to the best, you know, the best I can. And you take me through what would be sort of the tools that would, could be used to re- replace or enhance what I do. He used techniques like natural language processing to build a system this summer in his spare time. Because we have to remember, Brian has a day job as head of AI at a company called Lola. You know, this would probably be a good time to define our terms. For the uninitiated, what is artificial intelligence? Here's Brian with an explanation. The most basic answer, machine learning, is any engineering technique that means the software is not discriminately programmed. <laughs> so I didn't write code that had specific discrete parameters and that sort of things. It, it was a, a system of statistically learning. In general, the industry term for machine learning means learning specifically from large volumes of data. It gets very complicated beyond this. We won't take you down the rabbit hole, but if you only take away one thing from this podcast, it's this. These computer programs update themselves without humans having to do very much work. You know, a model that sort of takes data and passes it to a data analytics team, and then they pass it to a product development team, and the product development team sort of works with the engineers to bring it back into the model. Um, you're, you're, allowing, you're essentially seeing where data can drive the changes within a model's performance. What you're talking about is removing certain bottlenecks in terms of how these companies innovated. ERA makes stock calls, and it also tracks how these recommendations end up panning out. If their prediction turns out to be wrong, the system remembers it and is less likely to make that decision again in the future. Okay, so let's get back to the story. So here are Ken and Brian trying to build this robo-analyst. Initially, ERA's summaries were tough to read. They were disjointed and the grammar was off. You you could really tell it was written by a computer. But after a couple months, her reports started making sense. I think I sort of realized it could be a cool thing when it started actually producing language. Um, So when that got generated, it was kind of like, okay, this is actually kind of neat. Like it's saying what it's doing. It's sort of explaining itself. And it just sort of highlighted that as we keep consuming more data over time, these are only going to get better. And so we should just keep doing it. So this is when the project starts feeling real. Yeah, and Ken decided it was time to share ERA with the outside world. But first, he needed to get permission from his company, which also happens to be one of the biggest banks in America, Wells Fargo. This must have been a pretty big risk for Ken. Wells Fargo is a pretty traditional bank, and it's come under a lot of regulatory scrutiny over the past few years for creating accounts that weren't opened by actual customers. And the bureaucracy that comes with doing anything new at a large company is significant. And Brad, on top of that, Ken had just joined the company. When he told the compliance department about what he was up to, they weren't very pleased. 
there was sort of a, a disbelief at first that uh, we, we actually wanted to put an analyst out there that we, we claimed was artificially intelligent and that wanted to provide predictions around the stocks and that actually, you know, could write its own research and not only that, but it could bold the sections of text that it felt really it wanted to underscore as being important to its specific stock thesis. Right, so that was sort of, I, I think people just sort of kind of threw their head back and, and were in a bit of disbelief. Why were they so shocked? So equity research analysts spend all day thinking about the future of the companies they cover and how that will impact stock prices. They send these reports to clients, making different recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold, along with a price target. And that's usually an estimate of where they think the stock's going to be in about 12 months. And if they're wrong? If they're wrong, investors can get mad and go somewhere else for advice and trading services. And these are things clients pay a lot of money for. The analyst's whole reputation, and by extension the bank's reputation, rests on the accuracy of their stock ratings. So there was a lot that could go wrong. Okay, so, so far, the analyst Ken has formed an unlikely friendship with the developer, Brian. They build this bot to recommend when to buy and sell certain companies. Their ambition shocks Wells Fargo's compliance department. What happens next? Well, Ken eventually succeeds in convincing the compliance department to let him proceed. And it comes time to unveil error to the public. This happens on September the 27th, 2017. She started making stock recommendations using this complex new software that only a few people on Wall Street even understood. What was the response like? Is your AI technological work with ARA, is it going to put securities research out of business? No, and, and we did it more as a study. Where I think for clients who, who tend to be a little longer term in duration, they're interested in how do you build it? Right. What is the, you know? How do you think about the application of this technology for clients who are a little bit more short-term in focus? You know, what are Era's predictions this week? Right? Can Era help me manage news flow and help me synthesize? What Ken means here is that the summaries Era writes can help clients pick through the daily avalanche of online news to find real developments that will actually move the stock. We recently asked Brian to hook up Era to an Amazon Echo speaker. Alexa, ask my AI analyst what she thinks of Google. As of yesterday, I think Google looks like a hold. And that forecast is good until October 30th. Here is why. From Mashable.com, Alphabet just took an important step toward becoming a major force in the online payments world. As TechCrunch reports, you know, let's say they mark AI as an important topic to cover for a number of names. Well, their you know inbox could you know swell with all of these AI articles, but they may or may not actually be relevant to the stock's performance. So this program launches in September, and it starts making all kinds of calls. The first week went fine. The second week, though, error through a curveball downgrading shares of Facebook, recommending that investors sell their shares of the company. And now we should add here that as of this taping, Facebook stock is up about 50% this year alone. And 46 analysts that we have listed on the Bloomberg terminal, only two of them have sell ratings on the stock. Ah, so ERA made a contrarian call. And the funny thing is, ERA's downgrade contradicted Ken's own opinion because he has a buy rating on the stock. 
Turns out, Era had read thousands of stories about Russian ads on Facebook that were designed to divide U.S. voters ahead of last year's U.S. presidential election. The Russia probe is focused on people, including three former Trump aides charged with crimes. Another phase focuses on corporations like Twitter, Google, and especially Facebook. Today, Politicians were up in arms. Congress had called for hearings. All these negative articles drowned out other positive pieces. Why is it so important that we all see these ads right now? Well, when you look at them, uh, they are... You've seen them, right? I have seen them, and uh, they are so And this means ERA's AI algorithms picked up on this and advised selling to avoid a drop in the share price, which she had predicted, over the next week. And what ended up happening? ERA was wrong. Facebook stock ended up rising a bit over the next week. Some clients weren't happy. A few saw it as proof that what Ken and Brian were doing didn't matter. For others, it confirmed their view that the way Ken was using AI was fundamentally flawed. That was a disappointment because I think that, you know, people are, are, they're zeroing in on things and they're kind of missing the the bigger picture here. To Richard Johnson, a vice president at research firm Greenwich Associates, it was a sign of how far AI in finance still has to go. The robot downgrading Facebook. I think that's probably where this type of analysis is going to struggle right now. I think we're very much in the early days of it. But you know, in that example, perhaps you know the the algorithm needed a bit of fine tuning and and to kind of uh, you know give less weight to the Russian uh, fake news type stories that are in the media because I think. Yeah, you know, we all kind of think that you know, Facebook will survive. <laughs> will we'll survive this. When Ken first explained error to Wells Fargo's compliance team, he said the only relevant rule they could find was recent guidance on robo-advisors. Now, these programs automatically decide how much of your investment portfolio should be in stocks, bonds, and other assets. One recommendation that they had was to tell clients about, quote, changes to algorithmic code that may materially affect their portfolios. But this doesn't apply to ERA's self-learning approach. What I think is very interesting about this and why there's such a great learning opportunity is that you know, robo-advisors tend, tend to be programmed. What Ken means to say here is this. Robo-advisors are mostly programmed in the old-fashioned way. Humans write software code that gives step-by-step explicit instructions on what to do in certain situations. With a product like ERA, you don't program her, right? The data programs her. So her, so her algorithms are constantly changing as a result of that. And so we, to some extent, we moved out, I think, a little further than what, you know, FINRA and kind of these agencies that regulate, you know, our industry um, are, are used to. The solution to this was to include a bold-faced disclaimer in every report stressing that ERA's stock ratings were not investment advice and should only be read to gain a greater understanding of artificial intelligence. And when we met Ken in New York, we mentioned to him that he'd been putting the disclaimer nearer the top of each note he publishes about ERA. Maybe I did just to kind of, you know, continue to just get it. As soon as I break from, in terms of what I'm writing about, to what, when ERA starts writing, I'm just hitting with the disclaimer. I don't want to control what people trade on one way or the other. If they take her advice and they feel that, it, you know, they agree with her summaries and they like her points, great, you know. I don't want to tell them, don't agree, you know, don't take in information that she has. So where's ERA today? She's now covering more than 500 stocks and reading about half a million news stories a day. That's half a million a day. A few weeks ago, the system also analyzed tech company earnings for the first time and issued nine recommendations on stocks like Amazon, Google, and Netflix. 
And this time, did it get it right? This time, they all proved to be accurate after a week. Okay. Well, recently, these stocks have performed so well, my dog can probably recommend them. <laughs> but seriously, it does beg the question, has Ken succeeded in creating his own autonomous replacement? Here's what he had to say about that. I think in the end, it sort of evolved over time as one more of an enhancement. It certainly took, um, took out maybe or, or showed how a certain amount of the work that we do in terms of handling news volume and, and trying to sort of be specific in terms of weightings of that news volume in terms of stock prediction, how it could be, uh, I think, improved. Other analysts agree on the point that cutting the workload is a great idea, but they're way less keen to say that an AI analyst can help them make stock recommendations alongside their own calls. As far as having an Airbra artificial intelligence bank research analyst, uh, I don't think that's happening in the, uh, the, the next decade, um, but I'll, I'll have to watch my back. That's Mike Mayo, a veteran bank analyst at Wells Fargo, who came in to chat with us about Ken and Brian's creation. Now, I was super excited to see Mike because I remember my first day as a reporter on the financial market. Mike was one of my first calls. He actually picked up the phone, and I feel like I'm some super cool 22-year-old talking to this big guy analyst. He's a sort of a finance nerd, but you can tell instantly that he's so passionate about what he does. For him, Aero is all about enriching his role and making banks more efficient. I don't want to spend all this time looking at data feeds and checking articles and you know, checking barons over the weekend. And did I catch the Wall Street Journal story? And a lot of times we're looking at all this information just to see if we're missing anything. Now, Mike said that his associate analyst probably spends about 75% of his time checking news articles, gathering other relevant information, and manipulating data, which are all tasks that AI can automate. Mike himself reckons that probably about a third of his time is spent on those tasks. The search, you know, you can automate looking for the needle in the haystack, (laughs) or in this case, a few needles. To the extent you can automate finding a few needles in the haystack, that would be fantastic. That would give us more time to go kick the tires and talk to management and have much more creative research. Richard, the researcher from Greenwich Associates, estimates that 15% of finance jobs are at risk from AI automation and research jobs are among the most exposed. I, I think there will be an impact on jobs, I think for sure. Um, we know that there's you know, significant productivity and efficiency gains that can come from it. You still need... Uh, you know, some people, uh, you know, some human analysts to kind of interpret a lot of the data and so forth. Of course, uh, in this example about the Wells Fargo programmer, um, he obviously had to put a lot of inputs into that, telling the machine learning algorithm what to look for and so forth. So that type of skill is still going to be needed. But maybe you don't need a team of uh, 50 junior analysts. So will that iconic trading floor hubbub and chaos ever be silenced by machines? For now, I'd say that the human analysts are safe, but I'm, I'm definitely not ready to put my money on them and their associates all being there in five to ten years. Ken himself is holding out hope for human stock research. He used his final moments of the interview to re-emphasize that error is an enhancement rather than a replacement. To, to everything that 
Mike said, as we look out over the next so many years, it is really an opportunity for us to see kind of an enhanced performance and an ability for us to move into sort of a, a creative um, research sphere that would be difficult to do otherwise. So, Julie, are other banks starting to do this, too, or showing signs of following the path forged by uh, Brian and Ken? Uh, we've seen a little bit like this. Um, nothing exactly what Brian and Ken are doing, but Morgan Stanley has a sort of bot that will help research analysts dive through earnings season, which is obviously one of the busiest times of years for these guys. Tons of news articles coming out each day. So it will help automate what those earnings are and whatnot. But otherwise, there's not anything exactly like ERA that's skimming through news articles, social media, and whatnot on a daily basis. I heard you refer to ERA as a she a couple of times. Ken did as well. Why are we giving uh, this AI analyst a gender? Uh, it's a little bit of a canned response in that it's just because there aren't enough female analysts on Wall Street. So I guess if ERA takes over, then there won't be enough male analysts on Wall Street. Okay. Alistair, it's a little surprising that it took Wall Street this long to do this when algorithmic trading had already transformed finance years ago. What took the industry so long? Well, some of it um, is evident in the performance of error, actually. So each time it makes a call on a stock, that's a data point that can be fed back into the system. Now, you compare that to, you know, automated trading systems at hedge funds, they trade, you know, maybe, you know, 10 times a minute or something like that. So you just have a lot more data points to train the systems on. Oh, so that leads to the, the last question here. Of course, as journalists, we are not allowed to uh, invest or buy individual shares in the companies we cover. But let's put aside those rules for a second. With what we learned today about ERA, Julie, would you follow uh, the bot's recommendation? Would you take advice from an AI? Not at this point, but I, with how quickly she's gotten smarter and learned from her recommendations, I would say in a year or two, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I was. Alistair? I'm a, I'm a human all the way. Um, the only thing I probably would use it for is to scan all the news articles to see what's most important. Then, then I'd make my own decisions. Yeah, I think I probably agree with you. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound not as future-leaning as, as Julie, I guess. I just think that the inputs that ERA is looking at, primarily it seems like is, is, is the news, is you know one important dimension, but it's not everything. And it just does seem like there's so much intuition and knowledge of a management team and its past mistakes and future opportunities that goes into making these stocks picks. I don't think error is there yet, but Julie, maybe I do agree with you that one day, uh, probably within our lifetimes, perhaps we, we will be taking trading advice from an artificial intelligence. Yeah. And I guess maybe the most likely scenario is that it's just Ken and Mike and not the three or four people they have working for them, right? Like they just have an error and that's all they need. The problem is if they, if they give you bad advice, you know, can you really blame the robot? TBD. And that's it for this week's episode of Decrypted. Thanks for listening. Is artificial intelligence changing your workplace? Send us an email at decrypted at Bloomberg.net. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at at Julie Verhage. I'm at Alastair M. Barr. And I'm at Brad Stone. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, I hope you take a minute to leave us a rating and a review. This does so much to get us in front of more listeners. This episode was produced by Pierre Gadkari, Aki Ito, Liz Smith, 
and Magnus Henriksen. 